Hello and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners. My name is Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English Institute. And with me today is my co-host, Oriana. Hello, Oriana. Hi, how are you, Glenn? I'm well, thank you very much. And I have a special guest or we have a special guest with us today. He, I was, I was doing some research on the internet, and I, I found, I found his name a very, very interesting person. So I, I wrote him an email after I, I got, got some contacts from him, asking him if he wanted to, to come on the show, and he said to me, he said to me, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I have any, any value to add to this show, and I said, Yeah, nah, I think. I think you do. You are coming on the show, and yeah, no, nah, I think you can. I think you can explain this this term, this very Australian term for us. So, welcome to the show, Howard. Thanks, Glenn. Hi, Oriana. Hi. So, so you are from the United States, but what are you doing in Australia? So I am actually fascinated with and studying Australian slang in Australia. I've, I've been here for about 14, 15 years. And since I arrived, uh, part of my job is being a linguist. So I, I'm interested in all things language, but I've really gravitated toward the wonderful thing that is the Australian lexicon. You know, all of these wonderful words that Australians use that are so important to their identity, but also <laughs> really, if you're going to choose anything to study, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is. We, we, we love languages. So, so why, how did you get to be in Australia? Ha. So I started off studying Indonesian issues and Australia, oddly enough, is a place where a lot of Indonesian issues get studied. So I came to Australia to do a project on language change in Indonesia. And I did, and I write a bit about that. Um, and part of that was actually teaching English in Indonesia. So I, I have a lot of affinity for what you and Ariana do. Um, but yeah, once I got into Australia, you know, I spent a lot of time confused, wandering the streets, <laughs> hearing all of these new words. And that led me to want to know more about them, to do deep dives into the history, but also to understand, well, why is the Australian lexicon so important? And why is it so important to Australians? Fantastic. So, so you you are it's co it's correct to call you Doctor Doctor Howard Mans. That's correct. Is that your term? I'm totally a doctor, but you didn't <laughs> want to do anything practical other than language, you know. <laughs> so you're 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 a doctor of 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 linguistics, basically. So did you do your doctorate or your PhD in in Australia, or did did you do that before? I did. I, I did my PhD at Monash University studying, as I said, language change in Indonesia. Um, and part of that was I got studying and noticing that young people were using new words in Indonesia. So I was like, what's up with that? And I sent an email and a project proposal down to Australia and a couple of wonderful Australians said, why don't you come down and study with us? And I did. And yeah, the rest is the rest is history. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. So, so to tell the viewers out there, where, where is Monash University? 
So Monash University is on the outskirts of Melbourne, Australia. Um, there's a couple of campuses scattered around Melbourne. Um, I happen to work at the largest campus of Monash University, and that one's probably about Oh, 15 to 20 kilometers outside of Melbourne, which I didn't know when I came. I thought I was coming to Melbourne and apparently I was coming to the suburbs of Melbourne, um, <laughs> which is fine. And, and, um, and before you arrived in Melbourne, how did you pronounce the city Melbourne? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because, um, you know, as, as you and probably your listeners know, I come from a place that's rhotic where we pronounce our R. So I would have said Melbourne. Um, then when Americans come here, they go through a certain process where they can't quite do that vowel that Australians have that you would normally use for Melbourne. So what we do is we call it Melbourne for a while. Americans <laughs> go through this process where we all call it Melbourne. And you can always tell an American that's newly arrived because they can't say the city right. Yes. Well, yeah. I, as, as, as always, I, I, as I like to say about the gringos, they're, they're, they're not they're not just intellectually limited but they're phonet they're phonetically limited Glenn, well. you're also a gringo <laughs> no i'm not a gringo i'm australian yeah you like how sky no ice hockey, no, uh, ice hockey dad yeah, <laughs> I lo- but i like cricket all, I like, and, and i like i like all sports and though. rugby and all those stuff and you're my, a gringo my, my, my fa- no my favorite you speak english my favorite sport is australian rules football so. <laughs> well it's like it's like rugby or something like that no it's it, not no it's, yeah it, you're yeah, gringo, yeah, yeah, for yeah, me nah. it's the same thing yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. ariana it's yeah, yes nah. you are and you're nah. a biker yeah nah. <laughs> Nah, nah, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Uh, you, Howard, or Howard, uh, Howard. How, Howard, Howard, like the. <laughs> yeah, like the Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah. it's Prime Minister um, Australia. Are you from the US or are you from Australia? I didn't get where, which part of the world were you? From? So I, I grew up in the US grew up in a state called Pennsylvania in the northeast of the U.S. Um, and then I, I moved to different places. Um, so I was born in the U.S. I lived in the U.S. until I was 18. And after that, I've lived in different places. I lived in the Middle East for a while. Um, I've lived in Latin America for a bit of time, uh, just traveling in se- South America and Central America and Mexico for about a year and a half. Um, and then, yeah, I just landed in Australia. <laughs> really, and- you just landed on on a on a on a on a boat from England. You were trans you were transported. What did you do? Steal a loaf of bread or something? <laughs> That's how we get here, really, isn't it? <laughs> so, and in the middle. Oh, sorry, sorry, Glenn. So, so what? So, what is your geography like compared to most compared to most Shankies or Yankees? <laughs> I would say that I recognize countries that we haven't invaded. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. The countries without oil. (laughs) I even like the countries that don't have oil. Exactly. So we're we're good. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. So yes, Ariana, you had a question. Um, I no, I don't remember. You interrupt me. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so we we were talking about Australian rules football. How it did? Oh, uh, um, no, yes, because yes, he Ariana? said something about the Middle East. Middle East. Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's exactly. That? Oh, very good. Um, 
the Middle East is that part of the world that includes Saudi Arabia and, uh, uh, and Iran, Iraq, that part of the Medio world. Oriente, yeah. we would say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Exactly. Uh, so, how did you finish up, up there? Well, what did you do? Did you do you speak Arabic or do you speak what do you what? I, <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> I actually speak Persian. Um, so I speak That's Persian. True. And because I spoke Persian, I worked in the Persian Gulf for a while. Um, so that's what took me there for a bit. I used to speak to, uh, I used to translate uh, for Iranians and Afghans and um, whenever they wanted to talk to the US Navy or they wanted to talk to the British Navy. So that was my work for a little while. So you're a CIA agent. No. <laughs> You've gone through Latin America, the Persian Gulf. <laughs> I have two questions. I don't know if we have time. <laughs> yes, Ariana. How did you get into learning per Persian? Persian, yeah. Persian. Yeah, that, now it's this is going to sound dodgier than it is, but um, but I went to a military language school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I studied. There's a there's a U.S. military language school in Monterey, California, and I took a test uh, just when I was 18, and it determined that I was yeah good at language. Didn't you live in Pennsylvania? And you're talking me about California. Mon What yeah, happened? Yeah, so you there? went to you went to California in Mon Montserrat, which is Which well Monterey, Monterey, yeah. mm -hmm. which used to be Mexico. Yeah, before. that was Mexico uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> before, before 150 years ago. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And well, I don't know. It's really interesting for me. Yeah. So, so every every, every every time you keep talking on this subject, Howard, you just keep sort of digging yourself a little bit of a hole here. So you just <laughs> yeah, you're because, definitely um, a CIA agent. Went to military school to learn oh, languages. No. <laughs> <laughs> and think of if you are in a date and you say, "Hey, I speak Persian," I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Yeah, you could just, but you could just make that up. You could lie. You could say, yeah, yeah I speak but Persian. then you, then you, you, I imagine myself living in, I don't know, Dubai. And I say, hey, I, I, I want to keep on dating this guy and see if he really knows Persian. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You'd have to introduce me to one of your Iranian friends. Iranian friends to test you out. I mean, yeah. he, here in Argentina, I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar sort of with the, Chim the Chimusho culture. Which means to sort of bullshit, and and basically like one of the things here is that you would get people here that would say, oh yes, I speak ten languages. They're like in the curriculum. Yeah, I and, said that I have an, an an advanced level of French, and I <laughs> say <"Thank> you. <laughs> and and so so there's sort of like a history of people saying, oh yes, I can speak ten languages here, and really they they can mm. only speak like one or two, and they're just pretending. So, so it could it could be could be like it could be like this. So you any any to... so anyway, go go. I want to get back to my theme, guys. Stop stop just. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> so you arrived in Melbourne, the home mm -hmm. the home of Australian rules football. Have you had you ever seen Australian rules football before you arrived in Australia? Uh, I did when I was in university. Um, they would play on ESPN on the sports channel they would play Australian rules football at about two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and this was exactly the times that I used to come home from the nightclubs. <laughs> so, 
I would come home, I would maybe have a bit more energy from dancing or hanging out and bam, there was Aussie rules football. So I fell in love with the sport before I ever hit the shores. Wow. And now I'm, now I'm more in love than ever with it. You know, there you go. Have you adopted a team in Melbourne? I have, as you would know, I mean, adopting a team in Melbourne when you're new is almost like dating your friends all <laughs> take you to the games and try to buy you things to go. <laughs> so what team did you end up supporting when you got to Melbourne? The Western Bulldogs Good. by a chance, because that's my neighborhood. Are you a Doggies fan? No, no, no. I just, <laughs> but, but forever, like I, I'm from Perth, so. Of like, course. Yeah, yeah. So, so that forever they've kind of what we would call the, the an an underdog team. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm from Fremantle, so our team's terrible. But we, <laughs> so we can kind of sympathise with the Western Bulldogs that they're always yeah. forever been an underdog team, and yeah. from and from one of the poorer parts of Melbourne have have often had like first generation immigrants playing for them, and and this sort of this sort of thing. Has a, has, they have a long history of, of being a what we would call a battlers, battlers club. That's why yeah. I love them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so they have a lot of respect from people that aren't the the supporters of this team. They're they're often people like to barrack for them as a second, as a second team sort of thing. People very sympathetic. I'm happy to have those people. <laughs> so could you actually explain? Aussie rules football to our to our listeners out there. <laughs> that would be a big ask, um, but but I mean the core of the game uh, is that you know the teams are trying to get the ball to the other side. Um, you can't run longer than what is it 15, 15 meters, meters now. Yeah. Yep. Before um, bouncing the ball one time, um, and the ultimate goal is to get kick the ball between the middle two of four uprights. And if you kick it between the middle two of the four uprights, you get six points. But if you kick it, but if it goes just off to the side between the wider uprights, those two wider uprights, you get one point. And so you're, you're allowed to tackle like in rugby, but, but there is no offside like there is in rugby or soccer or anything like this. So you can tackle anyone from any, any direction and you can pass the ball in any direction as well. So this is what makes the sport sort of so chaotic and, and so so unique. It's not like it's not like rugby where you have or gridiron or American football where you have two lines of people facing each other. It's not it's not like that at all. It's the same thing, Glenn. No, it's not. It's definitely <laughs> not the same thing. It's the same thing. They no, are, it's just, definitely not the same thing. I have to show you Big guys some. just running in the way. But there are also yeah. small guys in Australian rules football. This is what makes it such a great sport is that it's not it's not a discriminatory sport. It doesn't matter what your size is. There is a position that you can play on, on the field in well, the game. there are guys playing, uh, I don't know, some sports. I hate it. Just <laughs> I hate men and I hate sports. You hate men, are you? Got it. <laughs> so, so we, we've been working through your anger issues in the last few episodes. You hate gringos. Now you've got a gringo on the show. You hate men. No, I have two gringos. You hate, on the you, hate, you hate cyclists. What else have we? What else have we been working through? Oh, I don't know. Anger? A lot of things like I don't know, babies in the cinema. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I'm not sure that's just you, though, Ariana. No, <laughs> no, a lot of people. I, I'm. I don't have really um, 
how do you say that weird anger with I don't know some things. You're, I you're think just, I'm a really nice person. Yeah, you you are. That's why it makes me laugh when you say these things <laughs> on the show. <laughs> very, very yeah. spontaneous with your anger. Yeah. So, so anyway, coming back to Howard's studies. <laughs> so, so you, you what do you, you study? Howard? Yes. Um, these days we're doing a project. Um, we're doing a project on studying the history and the evolution of Australian slang. Uh, what's interesting about Australian slang uh, relative to the identity of Australians, um, but also how Australian slang is different from slang in other parts of the world and also how the Australian lexicon, you know, the Australian words are different from other parts of the world. Um, so so you know, what are the key differences then? Yeah, well, the first difference is probably that we use this word slang for Australian slang, where it's not really a slang in the most technical of terms. You know, we don't talk as much about American slang as like a national slang. We don't talk as much about British slang as a national slang. Oftentimes, when we're talking about American slang, we're actually talking about a lot of African-American and, and Black American words. So it's not really a national slang per se. And a similar thing comes up with British English. You know, when we talk about British English and British slang, oftentimes we're talking these days about um, multicultural London English. So we're talking about these smaller kinds of slangs. But Australian slang is pretty unique in that we talk about Australian slang as this national kind of slang that we all share um, in, you know, in, in principle, it's something that we all share. And uh, it's really interesting that the label has continued to be used for this national slang. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that is that is an interesting point, because because people will often ask me, well, you're from you're from Perth. But what is the accent like for people from mm. Sydney? And I will say, well, it's exactly the same. And they've done yep. different studies. And I mean, there's very, very, very tiny differences between the accents. But, but I think mm. there's been some research where they've done blind tests with people and they can't actually, they can't actually guess where someone is from based on, their, based on their accents. It doesn't matter where you go in Australia, the people will have a similar similar accent they might use different words and so on but the accent will be be the same so it's interesting yeah so it's interesting that you sort of talking about the the actual the slang as a as an as an entirety Mm -hmm. and part of that is wrapped up in the history of Australia in that when you look at um, when you look at the history and the evolution of Australian English, Australian English, um, as your listeners might know, um, is very wrapped up until the 1960s in looking at Britain and looking to Britain for its inspiration for the way that people should, could talk. But from uh, the post-World War II period and into the 1960s, that's when Australians really began to think about themselves just as, well, we are our own separate entity and we don't want to look to Britain anymore for inspiration. And the consequences of this are actually that for the first time in Australia's history, you're beginning to see differences in accents between the different states. Um, so historically, you're absolutely right. You know, you can't tell the difference between Perth or Queensland. Some people might say that, you know, a Queensland English speaker is a little broader, you know, speaking more working class. Yeah, or speaks with their teeth, teeth like this a little bit more than the other places. Yeah. Yeah, but historically, it's not been the 
case, but now no. we are seeing differences. We're seeing differences in accents. Uh, recent studies are showing that. Ah, that are is. Are you a linguistic or something? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is a linguist. That's what he has. That's what he has. That's what he has. That's what he has. His PhD in Ariada is in. Well, is maybe in he, I don't know. He was other thing like he he was just a doctor and he said, "Well, I'm going to study." A, I'll <laughs> see English slang. It can happen. Uh, uh, <laughs> I study history and I I'm working with data analytics. <laughs> with uh, it can happen. So, Don't laugh at this. So, so, so then you 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 must have some favorite. You must have some favorite Aussie slang or Aussie expressions or or Australian words. What what are some of your what are some of your favorites? I mean, some of them are dirty, but, um, but uh, keeping with the keeping with the clean. I I'm always fascinated by the words that surprise me and, and catch me out because when I first arrived here, um, I thought, well, how different can the English be? Um, and when I arrived here, uh, one that caught me out was Arvo. You know, Arvo. Arvo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is a really really common one. Um. And I've got a text. Would your would your listeners know this is short for afternoon? It's yes, it's, yes. We have uh, an episode on Arvo. Oh, yep. fantastic! Yep. Um, and you know, I I spent a I spent a bit of time walking up and down Sydney Road, which is the main road in a neighborhood in Brunswick or a neighborhood in Melbourne called Brunswick, looking for a cafe called Arvo because. <laughs> My friend said, let's meet at 1 p.m. in the Arvo. And I thought, oh, my God, yeah. Uh, let's." Uh, so I was looking for this cafe. So Arvo <laughs> sticks out. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting how many of these, how many of these stories we have. Actually, actually on my, my Facebook memories the other day, it, it, because I arrived here in, I don't know, four years ago or whatever, and, and, and and just on my Facebook memories the other day came came a came a thing with with when I had my Spanish lessons when I first arrived here, and mm. and the, and my teacher asked me qué es este ayer, and mm. um, I didn't know what he was I didn't know what he was saying, and and then I realized he was saying a a yeah ayer, and <laughs> but here here in Argentina that's pronounced ayer. So in it, Buenos Aires, in most, Buenos Aires, yeah, yep. and and so <laughs> so it, that took me a, a quite a long time to to adjust. And there are these similar stories with, with Arvo that is a really, really, really mm. common one. People think where where is Arvo? Who is who is Arvo? Or etc. 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 It so happens with the Dunny, the Dunny, the Dunny, the Dunny, the Dunny. That we had an episode with with Dunny. I'm going to the Dunny. <laughs> we, <laughs> we we had an episode with 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 someone that worked as an as a nanny in Australia, and oh, when yeah, yeah. when her when her kids would say to her, "I'm I'm going to the going to the Dunny," she she had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea where where they were actually going. So that's another. <laughs> so that's yeah. another one. Yeah, my kids, uh, my kids love Dunny too. It's it's spreading because of Bluey, uh, the popularity of. Ah, uh, so that's so that's a that's actually a great show for anyone that actually wants to learn Australian English. Is is mm. Bluey, <laughs> Bluey the dog, and so you know, I highly highly recommend that. A lot a lot of Australian children are really addicted to this show, and probably the parents are as well. I think so. 
So are, th- are there any other are there any other words or expressions that you that caught you by surprise? Yeah, grouse is another grouse. One. Grouse um, meaning something that's good or positive, and mm-hmm. grouse stands out because um, you know we had a tradie at the house one day fixing fixing our plumbing. And, um, you know, my wife is Irish, actually. So we're both we're both from overseas. And the, the tradie got a, you know, asked for a cup of, cup of tea. And we gave him a cup of tea. And he said, this is a grouse cup of tea. Oh, and we were yeah, like, that'd be grouse. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, the other, that's the other way that you would use it. Yeah. Probably more, more commonly, you would hear it. That'd be grouse. Would you like a beer, mate? Yeah, that'd be grouse. <laughs> and yeah, and my wife asked me, "Is that good or bad?" Yeah. <laughs> but know. but we've actually spoken on this show quite a bit with Oriana. Oriana noticed that a lot of our expressions have have themes with animals, and grass, of course, mm-hmm. is would you would interpret that it could interpret that as as an animal. So so a lot of yeah. Australian expressions involve animals for 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 some particular reason. I, I don't know why that is, but maybe maybe you have oh. some theories of that as a as a linguist. I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> oh the but, God, but the, but the, but the jungle, but the, the desert and everything itself. You'd seen crocodiles in your life uh, caught in life. It is not normal. It's not common. <laughs> So, so Howard, do you have any theories as to why Australian slang is is so visual and so involved with with animals and things like this? In the beginning, in the beginning, what's interesting about Australian slang is a lot of Australian slang actually comes from uh, England originally. Mm-hmm. They were regional dialect words from England that got repurposed. So, I mean, part of part of it is Australia went through a phase. Um, where people, when they were coming to England or coming from England to Australia, they were originally, um, they, were, they didn't want to learn the local indigenous words. So what you ended up having were people were applying a lot of these British words actually to a lot of the local al- uh, uh, animals. Um, you might know this, that the kookaburra before it got called the kookaburra was called the haha pigeon or the laughing jackass um, <laughs> before people finally settled on this word. So, I mean, one part of the story is just the application of all of these overseas words um, to local uh, Australian flora and fauna. But the second story is just our engagement with the bush and also our engagement with animals more generally. Um, I'm not sure if you've spoken about Drongo on your show. Drongo. Yeah. Galah. We haven't got we haven't got there yet, but these are these are <laughs> these are other ones that are that are insults, a drongo or a galah. They, these are yep. and actually galah is kind of a, a bit a bit unfair because parrots and cockatoos. I mean, cockatoos we associate with Australia, but that's not an Australian word either. That was brought. That was brought. That was brought in from somewhere else. And so, my my friend, my friend here, Todd the cockatoo, he actually. That's not an Australian. That people think that's an indigenous word, but it's not. It comes from no. comes from Malay. So there are all sorts of different applications to. To, to these things and yeah. and so i'm i'm glad i i got you on the show because this is this is an expression that i've been wanting to talk about for a while yeah nah because it is a really really common one that that people will use in australia yep. but it is a very very difficult one to explain so i'm going mm-hmm. i'm going to i'm going to handball this one there you, there you go there's another i'm going to handball <laughs> this one over to our to our expert so you can explain it to our to our listeners what it is 
how we use it and 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 what it means. Well, yeah, no is one of those brilliant discourse markers that we have in English and especially Australian English. And the most common function of yeah, no that we find ourselves using in Australia and to a lesser degree in other places is yes, I'm acknowledging everything that you're saying. I'm acknowledging that I understand everything that you're saying, but the no part is actually that, well, I disagree with it or I'm going to kind of say something different. So, you know, some people, discourse markers in language generally have a bad reputation. You know, they're kind of like the bad boys and bad girls of language, I think, for some people. But they do a lot of interactional work and that's what's so brilliant about this yeah, no. Um, we, we've done a survey for our Australian slang uh, research so far, and yeah, no is actually the second most commonly referred to Australianism after mate and variations of mate. So it's clearly a very useful, clearly a very popular uh, little phrase, and I love it, and I think clearly a lot of Australians love it. It's yeah. just useful. Yeah, I, that 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 summarizes what I was going to say much more accurately and much more quickly than, than, than what I was. So, so for example, Oriana tells me that I'm says, Oh, you're a gringo Glenn. And I say, yeah, nah. Like I, so I, you I'm, are, <laughs> yeah, you are, you are. yeah, nah. Yeah, I'm going to nah. put, uh, we are going to solve yeah, this nah. in an Instagram, yeah, nah. um, in an Instagram war. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. We're, we're going gonna, to, we're going to vote. Okay. You can, you can vote if I'm a gringo or I'm not. <laughs> we are going so, to do so, so I'm saying, yeah, I'm acknowledging, I understand Ariana's argument, but I disagree with it. And- you can't disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> you just why, can't. why not? I don't know. I you just can't. You're not my mom, Ariana. N- no, but <laughs> don't my, my, And my mom's listening to this, and she's saying, "Glenn never agreed with me anyway." <laughs> what are you talking about, Glenn? <laughs> I'm going to call your mom, and she said, "Glenn, yes, you're gringo. Just accept just accept it." it. Yeah. Well, what, what's one of the, uh, you probably, oh, this is really, really horribly sexist, but one of those things that they, they teach you is there, there's, there's some rules in, in life and it's just always accept that the woman in your life is correct. <laughs> Even when you know that she's not. <laughs> if you, if you want to have a happy relationship and stay married, then these are some of the things that you have to, you have to accept. <laughs> So maybe I have to accept this on this show that I am a gringo. Maybe I have to. Yeah, you are. Yeah, maybe I have to do that. So, so speaking, so speaking of your research, do, do you have do you have a, a public place where where people can actually go and put their their favorite Australianisms into somewhere to put it into like a database, or is there is so, is it anywhere that people can participate? Well, we, we're having rounds of participation. We've just closed our most recent survey. Um, we posted, we, we wrote about the article itself on the conversation recently, the research team. So, I mean, um, people are welcome to read up on it there. We had a survey associated with it at first because we wanted to do a general um, search of the Australian landscape, especially people in places like NT, uh, Northern Territories, and, um, you know, Western Australia. And 
Western Australians because we don't often get to speak to those people. Oh, you're speaking <laughs> to one now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so what we were doing in the very beginning was we were trying to get a sense of, well, what are some common words or the most popular words to refer to somebody who is good looking, for instance, somebody uh, who... Is, what is it now? Uh, that buju. In, in, <laughs> in, um, in, in Darwin, that would be buju. That was one. That's, that is an Indigenous word. It means several things. It can, it can yeah. I'm, I, do you know what I'm talking about now, Howard? Have you heard this one yeah. before? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And what's really interesting, as you would know, and you would know from your guests in the NT, and it's interesting to me as somebody who studies the Australian lexicon, is in the Northern Territories, ultimately you see that um, there's more influence from Indigenous languages on the Australian lexicon than there is in other parts of Australia. And what's really interesting about uh, NT for the Australian lexicon is it actually acts as an incubator of sorts for some of these words that have died off in other parts of the world because they got borrowed into Indigenous Australian English. Um, so where mainstream people might not say gaming anymore or gammon anymore um now it's quite popular in in nt yeah well we've had episodes about this gammon <laughs> yarning and- but but also i also heard like different expressions in the nt before i heard them elsewhere for 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 example old mate which is now like a common expression like i i first heard that in the in the nt i didn't hear that anywhere before before then um, and then, and there are things like buju, big mobs that we've spoken about before, and malaka, which is actually not an indigenous word; it's a it's a Greek word. But because mm. of the because of the immigrants there, then that's had had quite a quite an influence. So yeah, one one word that I do know from from Western Australia that is a very Western Australian word that I don't think is used anywhere else is is bundi. Oh okay. bundi. So in, in Western Australia we have lots of sand, basically the sandiest place in the world, basically. And so when we had when we were children, we had these clumps of sand that would stick together and we would often yep. throw them at each other. And so we called the we called these sand bundis or bundis. So so when and we assumed that this was an indigenous word, mm. and, because, and and no one else uses it, so we assumed that it is. And and anyway, when when we were young at school, if there was someone that was fat or round shaped, their nickname automatically would they would be called Bundy, because <laughs> because they would be shaped like a round a round clump of sand. That's Probably a really horrible nickname to give someone, I guess, when you look at it when you look at it now but there you go there there's there's some insider information you can you can write that one down somewhere i i'm gonna write that down and add it to our list um yeah to go back to your question though we we've just closed this new survey we had 4500 responses Mm -hmm. from around australia so we're kind of like just we're chomping at the bit to get into it and analyze it and then we'll we'll probably have some more rounds to better understand you know aspects of of australian slang in different parts of the country Fantastic. But also, yeah, smaller groups. Fantastic. So, Oriana, do you have any any final questions for Howard? 
Mm, I have a lot of questions, but we are not going to finish this episode. Never. <laughs> um, oh, alrighty. We we might have to we might have to leave it for for another episode then. Another so, episode. Oh, I just have to stalk him on LinkedIn. Or... You can stalk him everywhere. I'm sure. He, I'm sure his I'm wife going, would I'm love that. I'm going to do that. How work, man? I'm going to do that because I don't get how did he born in Pennsylvania, went to California, well, then this he is, this met is... some. Irish girl. Yeah, and well, this married. is this, is, this, is, this is good. This is going to be a whole new episode, Ariana. So, uh, I so want to like your, hold your horses. Hold your horses. We will get there. We will get there. Okay, so, 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 from us at the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners, it's us saying goodbye. Bye bye. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Australians Teach English.